Dreaming of a better sleep? Tossing and turning is not your destiny. And Ollie is here to help. Ollie invites you to sink into sweet, sweet slumber to improve your mental and physical health and overall wellness. More than just melatonin, Ollie's ingredients help you unwind your mind for a delightfully dreamy drift off. Sleep is on the way at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. Welcome to the Sharkpreneur Podcast with Kevin Harrington and Seth Green. Kevin Harrington is the inventor of the infomercial, one of the original sharks from the hit TV show Shark Tank, and has generated over $5 billion in TV and digital direct response sales. Seth Green is the world's first trusted authority on cutting-edge direct response marketing, a best-selling author, and the only three-time Marketer of the Year nominee. On the podcast, Kevin and Seth interview sharkpreneurs who share straight talk on what it takes to explode your business. Why do so many businesses struggle while others seem to explode overnight? Do you wish you had the secret to this type of exponential growth? Now, I've scaled more than 20 businesses to over $100 million, and it's not just luck. In my new book with Mark Tim, Mentor to Millions, you'll learn the repeatable framework I use in all my business ventures for massive success. Order at KevinMentor.com and get over $1,000 in bonuses. Head to KevinMentor.com. Welcome to the podcast, everybody. This is your host, Seth Green. Today, I've got the good fortune to be joined by my friend and partner, Deaver Dave Brown over at Simply Media. Uh, Deaver, thanks so much for joining us. It's a pleasure, and I love your books. Thank you very much. I greatly appreciate that. We'll get to that in a minute. First of all, tell the folks watching and listening what Simply Media is. Well, Simply Media is like other serial entrepreneur things I've done, which I encourage people to do. What sells is the low price. And this is from uh, the Wealth of Nations in 1776 on to today. And if you think about the big innovations, most of them are less expensive. That's what we do at Simply Media. We have audiobooks and ebooks at $2.99. So that means we've got about 870 of them. That means it's less than a cup of coffee. So we are following in a tradition which I encourage entrepreneurs to do. Because if you think about it, the great fortunes have been made by being cheap. And it's like, if you take a look at uh, Ford with the car, changing the car industry, Sam Walton, Steve Jobs, because Steve Jobs built Apple on 99 cent iTunes. People missed this. So anyway, that's what we do. Okay, so you've got eBooks and audiobooks for sale variably, very affordably. How did Simply Media get started? Well, we got started in software because that was very popular in the late 90s. But Microsoft, in my opinion, has the inverse Midas touch. Whatever they touch, they kill. And they killed PC software. So we listened to our customers at the end of that cycle, because there is no more PC software of our type. So we listened to our customers, and they said, video's cool. But audio is more mellow. So we started to put audios on our software and people liked it. So then we trans 
we went to audiobooks and we started with physical CDs and we transitioned to downloads. So we went through this cycle that the market was going through. So now you get an audiobook. You know, it used to take 30 minutes to download it. Now, after you pay for it, you've got it before you even get back to it. And what, so obviously, when did Simply Media, if you went from CDs, which were a lot, now feels like an eternity ago. It I was. Mean, I, I mean, yes. I was, I'm, I'm old enough that I literally had one of the first, you know, TRS-80 computers with a cassette, with cassette tapes. Wow. Um, so when did Simply Media get started? We started in 95, 1995, and transitioned along. Uh, we had our bumps in the road, but I've always been cheap. So I tell people the key is to stay within yourself, which young people tend not to do. When I was young, I didn't. But as you get older, you're cautious and you make sure you've got enough money. You keep going. We added customers. Now we've got great customers. The fan group is our customers. And so we got walmart.com. That's our number one because we're Walmart priced. And if you look in a Walmart store, most book people, they're in New York City. And a $10 bill in New York's like one in Omaha. That's why Warren Buffett's in Omaha, not New York, as he says. This isn't my idea. So anyway, that's what we did. And we gradually, we had about 60 a year. And we've got all subjects. Like, for example, we have language. You get $2.99, 98% finish. There's a company called Rosetta Stone that keeps losing money, but for some reason, people put money into it, and they're $299 and 2% finish. So this is the idea of lecture length advice. Now, you do that. You're doing 30-minute podcast. I mean, you're right in the zone, and that comes from Plato and the allegory of the cave, which was 40 minutes, and some people say it's 50% of philosophy. So people want a a garden hose, not a fire hose. And the problem with most work is they want to charge a lot of money coming out of New York. So they make it thick, they make it a tome, and nobody gets through it. So we try to stick, except for novels and mysteries, in nonfiction, we stick to about an hour. Okay, so one thing, can you tweak your, where? can you move over just a tiny bit so you're in the center of the frame? Perfect, yes. thank you. And then, okay, so you talked about a number of different things I want to dive deeper on just a minute. So you mentioned that, for example, your language books or language ebooks have a 98% finish rate, whereas yes. at two or three dollars, whereas Rosetta Stone costs a hundred times as much, and 98% of people don't get through it. Do you think the difference is just the length of time, or do you think there's some other advantages to the way you're distributing things? Well, as Franklin Roosevelt famously said, I didn't have right time to write a short letter, so I wrote a long one, right? So it's too long, it's too hard. It's like fighting hand-to-hand combat through Guadalcanal. Nobody, and Edmund Morgan, I studied history and literature in college. Edmund Morgan said, no, history books should be more than 200 pages. They're undigested. These are hernia books, I call them. Somebody has given them no thought. And we do that. And by the way, the way we do the language is we start simply and only do things people actually use in conversation or reading. In other words, there are a lot of abstruse things they do, it's ridiculous. And by the way, we say, if you want to go on, 
and take the PhD on this, go get Rosetta Stone, right? Because there's more to do, but you don't need it. Okay, so I this is a fascinating concept, and I'm not just apl- this applies to business, obviously, not yes. just language. Yes, so sir. it sounds to me like you've and you've got the data to support it. I love that you can measure how far people go and that they actually finish or don't finish the product, the book or the ebook. So it sounds to me like the trend you are seeing is shorter, more digestible, more easily implementable concepts and content. Am I hearing you correctly? Yes. But you, but also this works in other fields. If you think of it, I mean, right now, Dollar Tree, we used to sell. Dollar Tree's got the problem of you can't get out of the store. I mean, the point is, if Walmart, if you go to Walmart, you know, um, and by the way, 80% of people make over $100,000 a year shop at Walmart. It's not just a poor man's store. And they now have self-checkout. You just walk out of the store. I consider self-checkout like what we do. It's streamlined. I think the concept, Seth, for the future is streamlining. And you're starting to see these bloatware companies in the FANG group starting to get rid of people because it's not the people's fault, but how is a 400-pound guy going to run the marathon? That's these companies, meetings and carrying on. So you notice that Musk has started it. I'm not saying he's perfect, but he started the fact that Twitter got rid of 50%. It's doing fine. It'll keep doing well. And there are too many people. Now, the great thing about this, and I say it because it's not a disaster, is a lot of this talent will now go to smaller companies. I picked up people like that. In other words, who's at the bottom of the pile at Apple is better than I can usually hire. So, right. So this is going to give a lot of people a chance. So anyway, that's what we do. Streamlining is it. And I, we're in the mainstream. Now, for book publishers, we're not. And I always go into a business with really stupid people so I can be stupid and survive. I don't want to compete with the double 800 SAT guys like, you know, Musk and uh, Zuckerberg and Gates and Jobs. You hear them talking about they dropped out of school. Yeah, they dropped out. I mean, they didn't have a lot more to learn. They were so brilliant. Or they came up, they had their idea and wanted to go do that and didn't want to wait till they were out of school. Exactly. Now that is what you're saying is dead on right. They, they did, I saw the same article Bill Gates did in um, Popular Mechanics about the computer age. He left college and I didn't do it. And most of us didn't do it. And that's the entrepreneurial thing. I mean, it's like uh, at Starbucks, the guy saw European coffee and did it. I saw it and didn't do it. So the question is, are you picking up this idea and then going and doing it, as you said? Yeah, so there's got to be, I think that that's an awesome lesson. There's got to be the vision because, you know, a million people, I mean, I probably hear on a regular basis the, oh, I invented the iPod, but I didn't make it. I had that idea first. Right. I had the idea for the iPhone. I had the idea for an MP3 player. Um, But it's the rare person who ends up becoming the billionaire who actually follows through and turns it into an enterprise that touch it changes the world. So where did you get the vision for what you're doing from? Well, I started out at General Foods at Birds Act, and 
I, uh, I was, uh, I wanted to learn how to do things because I went to Harvard College and Harvard Business School. So I worked door to door for Fuller Brush in the summer. And I learned right then that you either get somebody on the hook in two minutes or you move on. And so I started to learn that you cannot talk. Tom Peters says this. You can't talk to 25 people and not get the idea, but you must talk to them. And Socrates said every day he went out to go out with, to find out what's going on. And you see the great CEOs like Sam Walton would visit stores. He did not talk to the store managers. He talked to the people on the floor. What's selling, what's not. In his office, he had a chart. Most people don't realize this. That what's in the top 50 that we did not expect? What's working? Now, I'm often surprised by what works. But I, I had this thing with Harvard Business Review. It took me a while to get it. Harvard has $300 billion in assets. Of course, they have most of the presidents don't know a balance sheet. And they're running the biggest company. And they say, oh, no, we've got $35 billion of assets. That's in Wall Street. I said, oh, you got property in 100 countries in the world that you rent tax-free? And you're telling me that's not worth anything? They, we miss what the value is. Well, anyway, I got them to give me the Harvard Business Review short version of the great books. Like I think the best, most important book, and this is right up what you're talking about, Seth, is uh, The Innovator's Dilemma, which is cheaper and simpler wins. That is the favorite book of in business of Steve Jobs and Tim Cook. Cheaper and simpler wins. So when I hear the story, when people are trying to innovate, say, well, my product's great and it costs twice as much, but it's better. No, no, no. Our product's great. And it's 70% less than the $10 you expect. So I think that's the mission that you should talk about. And that's why when we had your books and we published them, they're out there at $2.99. I must tell you, Podcast for Profits and Financial Advisor Marketing. It's great books, but you, it was put together in a garden hose way. So you can either read it or listen to it. And so it's easy to do. But who's going to read a 200-page book? I mean, I just don't see it. Anyway, we saw 100 times more audiobooks of The Innovator's Dilemma than they do The Tome. That's the $30 version. Okay, so a couple, couple more. I mean, we could talk for hours, but we've got 15, 15 minutes. A couple more things. You mentioned that you supply one of your partners, for example, is uh walmart you've also got office depot you've got staples how are you getting relationships with some of these giant companies well the most important thing is and this is just a bias of mine um i find that although the millennials get criticized and the zers get criticized they tend to be jane austen cooperative they just want to do the job you've heard about quiet quitters I've always liked quiet quitters. They come to work, they just wanna do the job and go home. So these people are open-minded about something new that works. Now, I had a problem starting out. Walmart wouldn't take my products at less than $4.99. So I had to battle with them. And, I, and as the, the first buyer said to me, you're the only guy that says your product's not worth it. I said, it's not. People have lots of choices for five bucks. But if you let me do $2.99, we'll sell a lot. And by the way, it's very true. So 
I had, I'm the only guy at the low price. So of course, the first person to adopt this was Amazon because, well, the guy's a genius, right? He knows money counts. I don't know why other people don't, but he does. So I got into Kindle and I got into Audible. And then of course I had business books from HBR, which got me into Staples and into Office Depot. And I just love the story about Google, about efficiency. Uh, I was beating on them to buy. And after 10 years of writing them, one day comes the email says, we'll buy all your audio books. We're gonna buy it through this distributor, which is now owned by Spotify. And two years later, they said, we'll buy all your eBooks. The smarter the guy, the less has. So now I don't sell Target because Target's too arrogant and they're too, all they're doing is singing around the campfire and they're internally focused. And Target's got the perfect profile for us. Best Buy is the perfect profile for us. Haven't bought, Walmart's eating the lunch. So if you take a look, and I found this from when I did the Umbrella Stroller, it was the first tick bowling stroller, APC in this company. You wanna know what to invest in, look at my companies. Because what's happening is the smart money is going after new things. Try it, doesn't mean you're gonna buy a lot of it. But remember what our business is, people don't realize Amazon's genius. They buy from me, uh, and uh, but they put the stuff, remember now, they control the material. So they sell it on day one. They pay me on day 30 for eBooks and day 90 for audiobooks. So they got my money and their money for 30 to 90 days, and nothing has to be shipped or delivered. They have about $12 billion of supplier money. That's how they built the company. So we have that for people smart enough to understand it. So that's the thing you want to be soon. The best retailers always want to buy the opening price point. I call it, it's OPP. That's the $5 word for cheap. You have achieved so much success over the years. What's your biggest challenge now? Uh, staying vertical. A lot. <laughs> uh, I put this, I have a wonderful opportunity though, though I never had. I used to have a factory. We have to go every day and make all this stuff, okay? That's tough. I don't have that. I've got these wonderful partners. And remember, the margin is good, but I don't, we, we own all our stuff. We don't have royalties. So we don't have lawsuits because lawyers, you know, um, authors hate their publishers like dogs and cats. So we don't, we, our, our authors, I have a, we do it for them for various reasons. They need it done for the credibility, this, that, or we do them ourselves. So I don't have a legal department. As far as the CFO department, uh, everybody wires the money. So what are we going to do? We don't have any debt. We don't have any investors. And I don't understand what all these companies are doing because Procter & Gamble has my situation. All of their customers um, wire the money. We have not billed anybody, Seth, in six years. We haven't made a business trip in six years because these people don't require it. I mean, that's kind of important. It, so it, I have no it, idea what all these people are doing. That's a whole separate podcast. Your, your, your passion is obvious. What do you like best about what you're doing? I love to give value to people and help teach. My father was a professor of um, English and he was at Manitoba to get started. He was a genius. My mother watered down the brains, but gave me, gave me long, better health. 
So I've got a combination, not quite as smart, but healthy. And he was at Manitoba as chairman of the English department 29, went to Toronto, went to Cornell, went to Chicago, went to Yale. And he loved to teach. And I like it too. You see, that's what I get to do. I'm giving people products they couldn't otherwise get. I mean, I've seen people look at $30 books. They'd like to get it and they can't get it. It's too much money. So I get to give it to them at $2.99. So that's what I like. And, you know, it's a great thing because I'm like Jefferson. That means my work and my play are the same. People don't realize that. If you, you know, you do that. I mean, you love what you do. And it's obvious. I mean, it screams out. So people are going to listen to you because you like it. You're not just putting in your time. The guy at Kmart, when it was the Walmart of his day, I was talking to him. And he said to me after we sold them. And by the way, they only bought, I've got a case, a Harvard Business School case. The kids don't get it. They, don't, they get worse and worse. I wrote the case in 93 with Amar Bede. He's not at, uh, at Tufts. And he was at Harvard. And he was at Columbia. And I like to say Chicago. He was legitimately diverse. So he got fired. He wasn't. He got let go. Now he's a Tufts with tenure. He's great and brilliant guy. We wrote a case, four pages on, you got 10 minutes to sell Walmart. Now people are terrible because they go in there and they demand Walmart, the kids, the MBA class and demand things. I go in with my tin cup and my sunglasses and said, what do you need? The first order I got was 12 pieces, four stores. And people say, that's ridiculous. Yeah, a year later, we're doing 25,000. But who takes the risk? See, I think part of the problem that MBAs and people have is they ask too much. What you want is the first 100 yards at Normandy. You want to get a beachhead. And if your product's any good, it'll sell. But anyway, that's my passion. I mean, it's like you. You love to do podcasts. I learn from. I love, by the way, being a guest on your podcast for other people. You know, I learned. Because remember, I'm going to go away and I'm going to write this up. I'm going to, I learn a lot. Well, we greatly appreciate that. And we know your time is incredibly valuable. So we greatly appreciate your time. Thank you for spending some of it with, with us. This has been Seth Green for Sharkpreneur with Deaver Brown from simplymedia.com. Make sure you go check out simplymedia.com. Deaver, thanks again for joining us. Thanks, Seth. Bye now. Thanks, everybody, for watching or listening. We'll talk to you or see you next time. Do you need money to fund your idea, product, or service? Are you ready to take your business to the next level but need capital to get it done? Kevin Harrington has heard more than 50,000 pitches and knows how to help you make the perfect pitch to get the funding for your entrepreneurial dream. He's distilled the process down in his perfect pitch cheat sheet and it's yours for free. Just text PITCH to him right now at 727-888-2100. Text PITCH to 727-888-2100 right now and claim your free perfect pitch cheat sheet. Text pitch to 727-888-2100 to start funding your dream today. This show has been produced by Market Domination, LLC. To discover how you can have your own show completely done for you and turn it into a real published book and become the authority in your marketplace, go to www.marketdominationllc.com slash podcast offer. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.